Bear Books presents Ending Samsara, written by JW Voice and read by Daisy Ray. Part 2 After a Cycle is Broken, 4. Locating the authorities back in England was far easier than Marcus had expected. In a series of phone calls, they both clung firm to their story of merely wanting to go off the grid, and this was accepted with little suspicion. Although one investigator declared that it was selfish of them not to keep certain family members in the loop, namely Tilde's brother Jay, who was apparently sick with worry. In his account, Marcus had stated that they'd left England over a month ago, citing ambiguous family difficulties. When asked what they'd done for money, they'd alleged to have used Matilda's savings, the last of a large inheritance she'd received from her grandmother. Although they'd have to give personal statements on their return, and certain details would need to be verified, the couple attested that nothing of significant value had been left behind in their burgled home. Marcus supposed that an overstretched and underfunded police force was likely pleased to close another case especially one as serious as a potential abduction, and with no real pressure from the aggrieved party to investigate the break-in any further, this matter would likely be buried as well. The most arduous aspect of resuming their lives in England was presented by Tilde's brother. Furious at hearing nothing since the last communication from Bordeaux, he'd been intent on informing the police about their shady motorhome purchase and the potential threat to his own life. It took over an hour and a half of pleading from Matilda, spread over two phone calls, to convince him to stay quiet. Same old Jay, Marcus had commented, just looking out for number one. Tilda argued with Marcus over his hurry to return to England, and insisted they manage the journey back to Calais over the course of three or four days. Driving the full length of France would be onerous enough, she'd reasoned. Why not make the most of the limited time they had left in the country? Marcus caved to her demand, but even with the extra time spent there, he could tell she was sad to leave. On the morning of day four, they stopped off for breakfast within close proximity to the Channel Tunnel, and decided to talk tactics. I have Gaza's landline number, Marcus said. Before we do anything, we need to make sure Anushka is still living at the address. Anushka? Gaza's fiancé. I don't see why she'd have moved out, but if she has... It's going to make things problematic. His fiance lives there and she doesn't know about the footage? I don't think she's even aware of the panic room. From the way he described her to me, she sounded pretty checked out. Have you met her before? Does she know what you look like? No. Then there's no reason to tell her who we really are. Marcus smiled. This is what I was thinking. We make some excuse for wanting to visit her, something to do with Gaz. Then one of us distracts her while the other one sneaks into the room. We just need to extract a small amount of the footage. Then I'll take some stills from that later. I'm thinking you leave the talking to me, Tilde said. Yeah? She laughed. You sound like too much of a roadman. Plus, I can be a lot more persuasive. A roadman? The cheek of it? Marcus attempted to adopt his best newsreader voice. What if I spoke like this? Marcus Taylor. Charmed, I'm sure. Matilda giggled. Awful. Besides, we just said we weren't going to use our real names. 
Marcus huffed. I wasn't going to. He stopped himself. Fine, you do the talking. And you can distract her while I get what we need. Okay, let me call her now. Cool. Do you know what you're going to say? She nodded. What's the name of Gaz's software company? Intraserve. He selected the contact on his phone and handed it to her. Put it on speaker. With bated breath, they listened to a prolonged series of rings, just as they thought they were going to reach the answer phone they heard a click. Hello? Answered a feminine voice. Hi, am I speaking with Anushka? Matilda said in an assertive tone. Decidedly more refined and confident than Marcus's effort a minute ago. Yes, who is this? Hello, Anushka. Felicity Underhill here. I'm the new Director of Human Resources at Intraserve. Intraserve? Is this a telemarketing call? No, no, Matilda hurried to reply. Clearly worried she was about to hang up. Intraserve? Your late partner's company? Oh... Gaz wasn't wrong about her being checked out, Marcus thought to himself. Yes, I do hope I'm not disturbing you. What's this about? I thought I signed everything I needed to. Yes, everything is in order there. Thank you again for your cooperation. No, this isn't so much of a business matter. Firstly, I just want to take the time to express my personal condolences. I am truly sorry for your loss. Thanks. Is that all? No. Anushka, I was actually hoping, if it's not too much of an imposition, that we might speak in person. In person? What about? Well, we wanted to wait for a respectable time to pass before conducting a proper memorialisation for your dearly departed. A what? A company-led ceremony, commemorating Gaza's life, celebrating his brilliance and the truly inspiring work he achieved. Okay. Yes, after all he did, we think it'd be nice to hear from all of the people he positively affected in both his business and home life. And what do you want from me? We just wanted to get some more sentimental input to really give an authentic account of the great man. We've already spoken to a small selection of family members, but we would really appreciate... What family members? Anushka interrupted. Marcus winced. It was all going so well. Oh, I don't have that exact information to hand right now, but... That bitch of a mother threw her two cents in, didn't she? Um, Matilda faltered. Hardly wanted anything to do with him while he was alive, and now she's going round spouting her mouth off. Just like the funeral. No, if she gets to talk, I want to talk more. Well, you were his closest next of kin, surely... Yes, exactly. We lived together. I knew him better than anyone. I'll do it if you can promise me that my part is at least ten times longer than hers. Oh, um, yes, of course. I'm certain we can arrange that. What time is best for you? Hmm, I'm going away tomorrow, and I'll be gone for a week unless you can do tonight. Tonight? Let me see. She turned to Marcus, who nodded his head frantically. Yes, we can do tonight. Is so... Marcus nudged her, pointing upwards. Is eight o'clock too late to pop over? No, eight is fine. Excellent. Will you be at your usual address? We know where that is. Yes. Marcus gave a sigh of relief. Okay, wonderful. We shall see you tonight at eight. When she hung up the call, Matilda let out a huge exhale. 
Well done, babe, that was genius. He quickly rose from their table in the cafe. But we've got to get the lead out if we're going to get there by eight. They hurried back to the RV. With no time to waste, Marcus sped towards the tunnel entrance at Calais. What's the smartest thing you have to wear in here? He asked, his foot firmly on the accelerator. I have a black dress I haven't worn yet. Very office chic. Good, I think I've got a smart shirt and a pair of trousers in the back somewhere. Grab them, you might have to hold the wheel a couple of times while I put them on. Matilda changed into her black dress and took off the assortment of beads and bracelets around her neck and wrists. She then removed several of her earrings and wiped away her makeup. Marcus kept the wheel as steady as possible while she carefully reapplied a conservative amount of eyeliner. How do I look? Excellent, he said. Boring as hell, but I'd totally buy that you work in HR. You need a shave, she said, eyeing him up. What? Why? Too scruffy, and we should take out your cornrows. No way. Fine, but let me neaten them up. Ooh, hang on. She raised an eyebrow as she retreated into the back. She reappeared a moment later with a pair of black spectacles. Here, put these on. Are you kidding? I won't be able to see in those. Relax, they're not real lenses. Purely aesthetic, darling. She slid them on his face. There, much better. Now where's your razor? Marcus groaned. In the bathroom, obviously. He propelled them along the tunnel at questionable speeds for the next hour, which was almost how long it took them to change into his shirt and trousers. He swerved a couple of times, prompting several blasts of car horns. Hold still, she cried as she attempted to shave his patchy facial hair. You're hurting me, he mumbled through a smearing of shaving foam. Have I cut you though? Stop being a baby. Once Marcus was dressed and shaven, Matilda clung to the back of his seat with her knees as she neatened his hair, redoing several of his plaits. Okay, I think we both look presentable enough. How are we doing for time? It's going to be tight, Marcus said. To their surprise, London traffic was more obliging than expected and they found themselves on Gazza's Road with 15 minutes to spare. Parking their enormous vehicle, however, was another issue altogether. Forced to abandon it on the next street over, they ran for the last half mile. They caught their breath and pressed the button for Gazza's apartment at 8.07pm. Remember, let me do the talking, said Matilda. Anushka looked them both over when she answered the door a minute later. Hi, Anushka. Sorry we're a little late. Where'd you park? He could have used our underground space. Oh no, we came in a taxi, Matilda said, knowing their enormous RV would have aroused intense suspicion. Anushka paid them a look of distrust. You look like you've been running. Oh, don't mind him, Matilda smiled. He's always a bit sweaty. And Felicity, nice to meet you in the flesh. The pair shook hands. This is Oscar. Pleasure to meet you, Marcus said in his dubious posh accent. Anushka led them into the kitchen-come-dining area. Can I get you a drink? Black coffee for me, please, Marcus said, deciding that a hot drink would offer them more time. Matilda was clearly on the same wavelength. Oh yes, a strong cup of tea would be lovely. Please, sit. Anushka directed them towards a large dining table as she opened a cupboard. Out of earshot, Matilda spoke under her breath. Excuse yourself and go to the bathroom the second you get a chance. Marcus nodded, and a moment later, Anushka returned with their drinks.
Thank you ever so much for giving up your time, Matilda said. She rummaged through her bag and found a notepad, carefully avoiding the pages they'd used to log their drug inventory a few weeks ago. So we were really just hoping to build a decent picture of your happy life together. Clearly not that happy, Anushka said straight-faced. He killed himself. Yes, of course, Matilda replied, somewhat taken off guard. Mental health is such an issue these days. There will be some mention of this, but we really wanted to try and focus on the happy times. Why don't we start with when and how you both met? Five years ago, I worked at a strip club. He was a member there. I see, said Matilda, jotting this down. And how did you get to talking? He asked for a private dance. When it was over, he told me I had the prettiest eyes he'd ever seen. Oh, now that's nice. Maybe we'll focus on the words rather than where they were said. It sounds like he was quite taken with you from the start. I'm sorry, Marcus interrupted. May I use your bathroom? I'm feeling a little under the weather. Anushka frowned, studying him for a moment. Down the hallway, third door on the right. Thanks, he said, leaving the table. Is he okay? Marcus heard Anushka mutter as he opened the door. He was sure to close it as he left the room. Marcus felt the hurrying of his heartbeat as he passed the bathroom and crept into the living area. Viewing the fateful scene again made his stomach lurch. The light fixture seemed to jump out at him. He tightly shut his eyelids for a second, hoping against hope that his girlfriend was doing a sufficient job at keeping the woman preoccupied. He approached the bookshelf and tugged at the book on the lower left corner. The door swung open. Everything was exactly how he'd left it nearly two months ago. A watchful eye to the end monitor showed the two women at the kitchen table and he removed the memory stick from his pocket. He took a moment to search the room and soon found a desktop computer concealed in a small cupboard below the screens. He slid his USB stick into one of the ports. The system wasn't complicated and he was both relieved and slightly stunned to discover that there was no password protection. He used the mouse beside the desktop to select the living room screen. Right-clicking on this, he found the Extract Footage icon. Racking his brain for the correct date and time, he selected a 45-minute window. The screen skipped back in time, replaying footage of him and Gaz sitting together on the sofas. Thank God, he thought. As he had no time and no inclination to run through the full 45 minutes for the best shots of the men, he chose to save it all. The slow-moving progress bar gave him cause for concern, but far more troubling was the sudden movement he noticed in the kitchen. Shit, he muttered aloud. Anushka had stood up. Leaving the stick in the computer, Marcus hurried through the living room and towards the door Anushka had directed him to. He managed to make it just past the bathroom before she'd joined him in the corridor. She was speaking on the phone in Czech or some other Slavic language. He gave her a weak smile as he passed her. He went back into the kitchen and sat down beside Matilda at the table. Did you get it? She whispered at him. No. What? Matilda snapped. I saw her leaving. The footage hadn't finished downloading, so I had to leave the stick in. Shit. She got a phone call, said she had to take it. Ignoring Matilda's look of dismay, he quickly considered their options. When she comes back... You're going to have to excuse yourself and get the stick. Oh God, seriously? Well, I can't pretend to go to the bathroom again, can I? 
Right, you're going to have to keep her talking then. Oh God. Matilda bit her lip. This is exactly what I didn't want. It's fine. All you have to do is make sure the footage has been extracted and take out the memory stick. Matilda sighed nervously, pulled the book titled In the Event of a Zombie Apocalypse. And when you're inside, check the progress bar. The stick is plugged into the tower below the screens. We should give it five, though. Before he had a chance to explain any further, Anushka had returned. Sorry, my sister. She calls a lot to check on me. That's fine, Matilda smiled. Are you too close? Yes, Anushka laughed. She actually hated Gaz. Oh, maybe we shouldn't go into that then. Why don't you tell me more about the early days? What first attracted you to Gary? Well, to be honest, his money. I thought he was full of himself, but he bought me things. Matilda was unsure how to respond, so she simply nodded. But after I agreed to go on a date, I found him funny. Oh, that's nice. Laughter is important in a relationship. Anything else? Yes, he talked to me differently. He seemed interested in my personality. Not many men are. Good, he made you feel special. Yes. Anushka lifted her head and peered at Matilda's scribbled notes. What did mother say to you? Did she mention me? Um, no, I don't think so. Typical. The bitch never thought I was good enough for him. Matilda tried to change the subject. And you were together for five years, engaged as well. You must have really had a connection. Yes, it helped me leave strip club, work on my dream of being beauty therapist. Oh, wonderful. Is that what you do now? Anushka smirked, peering at the ceiling. No, now I no longer need to work or live off allowances. She suddenly refocused on Tilde. Do you know, he barely spoke to his mother. Is she trying to say they were close? Um, let's try and stay away from his mother. Matilda gave Marcus a fleeting glance. Oh, sorry, Anushka, that tea has gone straight through me. Do you mind if I use your bathroom too? Okay, but don't be long, I have things to do. While I'm gone, maybe you could talk to Oscar about your last five years with Gaz. Be as detailed as you can. Matilda left the table and Marcus prayed for her speedy return. He soon realised that drawing blood from a stone would have been preferable to gleaning pleasant information about Anushka's relationship with his deceased former client. It seemed apparent that the only thing that kept her around was Gaz's money and her disinclination to continue stripping. So, did you two ever talk about having children? Marcus ventured, starting to wonder what was taking his girlfriend so long. Ugh, she grimaced. God, no, I hate children. Fair enough, and, um... Marcus was really struggling now. He understood why Matilda had wanted to do the talking. How much are you going to include of this? You're not going to make me look bad, are you? Gosh, no, Marcus said, feigning surprise. I think people will love to hear about your story. Do you um have any nice things you'd like to say about him specifically? Hmm, nice things. Anushka pursed her lips in concentration. He was very generous. He never raised a hand to me. Right. Marcus said, nodding and pretending to jot something down. He had nothing now. He glanced at the door to the corridor. Is your colleague okay? She's been gone a very long time. I'm sure she's fine. Um, I bet his death was a real shock to you. I um, don't know how much of this will include of this, but 
Did he ever show signs of poor mental health? Anushka frowned, causing a minute wince from Marcus. Wrong question. You sound like the cops. She raised her voice. Are you two cops? No, of course not. Sorry, I shouldn't have asked you that. What is she doing out there? Anushka rose to her feet. Marcus stood with her. Um, I... Before I could stop her, she was marching towards the door. Crap, he thought. He followed her out into the corridor. To his great relief, Matilda was just outside the door. Is everything okay? she said to Anushka. You two are behaving very odd. You're not cops, are you? You have to tell me if you are. No, I'm sorry. I've just got a bit of an upset stomach. By her expression, Anushka seemed somewhat dissatisfied by this. Is there something you aren't telling me? No, not at all. Look, I'm sorry we've used up so much of your time. I feel like we've got enough to take with us, though. Thank you ever so much. OK, you keep your promise. Make sure my section is longer than his mother. Yes, of course. Matilda smiled unconvincingly. Right, we'll be off then. Anushka showed them both out. When they were a safe distance away from the building, Tild slapped a hand onto her forehead and let out a huge exhale. What the hell took you so long? Marcus asked. I didn't know which bloody room it was. I tried about a dozen books on zombies and Armageddon's before I realised I was at the completely wrong bookcase. God, I'm sorry. I didn't get the chance to direct you. Did you even get into the panic room? Matilda's eyes were downcast. She let out another prolonged breath. Then she slid her hand into her trouser pocket and grinned as she brandished the memory stick. If you'd like to learn more about J.W. Voice, the author of this story, pop along to the show notes where you'll find a link to him right there. And as for Bear Books Podcast, we're on all your favourite social media, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. See you on the next episode. Bye.